0: Training camp is here, as is Tank Tuesday. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bull Brock, live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. Arizona Cardinal players live on the practice field today, albeit for, what, conditioning tests, a little bit of uh, trial and error in the, the trainer room. We do not have the results yet of a certain franchise quarterback's uh, physical. We're anxiously awaiting to see if Kyler Murray lands on PUP or not, but we did get a glimpse, some insight, into a shirtless Buddha Baker who Bob Brock
1: (laughs) appears poised to join his teammates on the field for the first time this offseason. Well, let's everybody judge for themselves. Does this seem like a disgruntled employee, producer Emma? Hey, man. All I want to know is, are y'all fucking ready, man? No cars. Apologies, earmuffs, earmuffs for the little ones if they're if they're listening in the car uh, on the podcast only or audio only version. But look, uh, that seems like it, it would be silly if Buddha Baker doesn't step onto the practice field after amping up and, and gassing up the Arizona Cardinals fan base, saying, "Are you ready?" And then he's going to say, uh, "Hold on, I'm not ready. I'm I'm waiting to put ink to paper on a on a, an extension." Just uh, just speculating and putting a hypothetical out there, but it, it seems like he's poised to be back on the grass at State Farm Stadium with the rest of his teammates when they take the practice field for the first time tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a football junkie. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast about how he and Gannon's personalities kind of mirror each other, and it would be very difficult for Bo, or for Bob Brock and Buda Baker to not be on the practice field. And then subsequently now we get the first inside inkling into what he – plans on doing and and I I think we can all agree he's going to practice tomorrow with his teammates something that we predicted on this show on Monday and I think it's great it's great for this fan base the speculations out the door and also the fact that we know he's going to be around presumably for the next two years so if you're waiting to make a purchase on one of those new red or white jerseys I think number three is safe right now and to everybody in the chat already killing it Saying, uh, Buddha looks ripped, he's in the best shape of his career, and mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. That can be overstated this time of year. The guy's a what six time pro bowler, like he looks like he's gonna have a fantastic season. And he Cardinals desperately need him to, they they have you know very few proven commodities defensively, and then you've got number three in the back end with Marco Wilson and Jalen Thompson. But just somebody that can command not only the defense but the locker room. This is this is everything that the Cardinals needed to have happen as we anxiously await. What's going on with Kyler Murray? They needed one of their two faces of the franchise to be out there as a rallying cry. And I just, I hope that, that Buda Baker gets paid in some kind of capacity, whether it's guaranteed money up front, maybe added years onto his contract. I think 99% of Cardinal fans feel that way. It it was never about, I I think for Monty Austin, Ford and Jonathan Gannon, not wanting Buda Baker around and not wanting to reward him, but you know. The more I think about it, it's they didn't want to set a precedent. They didn't want to set a precedent like Steve Kime that we were going to and I hate I, I hate using this term, reward like holding sure. or reward dysfunction in the media. And like Buddha notwithstanding, like what happened last year with DJ Humphreys and and Marcus Golden, like Monty Austin was dead sent on not allowing that to to take over his camp this year. Sure. Right? I mean, oh. and
1: it's not a it's not a knocker indictment on on Buddha Baker. No, I mean, it's just bad times was was singing his praises in his opening press conference, right? That's yeah. the type of player that any NFL, any football guy is gonna fall in love with. And they and I'll maintain like they've wanted Buda Baker to to obviously be a happy camper and, and an employee that you know feels respected. But at the same time, you know, they got a job to do. They've got a they've got a tone to set as an organization and they had a mess to clean up as far as prioritizing a guy who they have under contract for two seasons uh it just wasn't a top priority. And, and that's and that's not any disrespect to Buda Baker. It was None. focusing on, hey, how do we get this organization that is, you know, not to steal uh you know a sound bite, but a, a sinking ship from a Cardinals hater, known Cardinals hater, but the organization was was sinking and they needed to get it back afloat. And I think yeah. that Monty Osford treading water all offseason, finally in a position to start, you know, looking Further down the line than just setting themselves up for success in the 2024 offseason, of course, taking care of business and what they're going to need in their their first season together, him and Jonathan Gannon and his entire staff. But you know, it, it's this was just something that it felt inevitable, right? I mean, Johnny, you had sources that were saying, you know, this was just something where Buddha didn't really have a whole lot of leverage, and it was just going to kind of be at a stalemate, and it's just this negotiation where there wasn't a whole lot to negotiate it, it had been done but we'll see what happens i mean because when you do look at the next two seasons you see the base salaries right you see what his cap hit's going to be but then you also look in that guaranteed dollars uh just a little column and it's empty it's zero it, it's as many guaranteed dollars as, as you and i in the, the chat have yeah we do love our guaranteed money uh
0: Buda baker uh and gannon system will be awesome agent 47 saying can't wait to see it thank you echo everybody's comments and yeah, to Bo's point like this show, if you've been following along for some time, like when Buda Baker announced his, you know, hope or aspirations to be traded because of his contract dispute, we, we were pretty adamant we had a source, like the Cardinals were like, That's that's fine. We're not gonna trade you. Austin Ford's not gonna trade him, Jonathan. They they want Buda Baker here, but they want it at their price. And I, I think they're gonna get that at least for the for the time being. But Again, Marcus in the chat, this defense is a couple players away from being scary AF for the rest of the league. Buckle up. I think that, again, the defensive tackle room is, is a work in progress, and if if Jonathan Gannon can make chicken shit salad out of that group, you know, I'm not going to go off the deep end here, then then he deserves all the accolades. Because I, I do think there are some nice pieces defensively. There's just a lot of unknowns, right? There's a lot yeah. of unknowns, and that's why it's imperative that you have Buda Baker on the field, in the back end, the field general, your defense, along with guys Gannon trust, like Kazeer White and company. So the middle of your defense is solidified outside of your defensive line. So I, I'm with you, Marcus. I'm bullish on this unit too. It just even more so than the offense without Kyler Murray. It's going to take some immense patience, I think, from the fan base. You go and look at the first four to six weeks, Gannon was the D.C. in Philadelphia who had more talent. They had Fletcher Cox. They had Brandon Graham. How long did it take for everybody to get bought in and do it at a high level? I don't think I know definitively. Bo, he's not going to have the egos, JG, that he had in Philadelphia. Like he had to court Fletcher Cox over like an eighteen-month process to buy in, and eventually it did, and it led to a Super Bowl berth and seventy sacks. Here, it's going to be more like who can play or not, right? Like yeah. are any of these guys worth, for lack of a better phrase, keeping around? And I do think that the edge rusher group has talent. The secondary has talent and Gannon can make linebackers that are afterthoughts or undrafted free agents, late-round picks, into stars, it really is just going to take some time to get their feet wet and the front seven hopefully ahead of schedule.
1: Yeah, I see Neil asking who's his uh, agent, David Molengueta, uh, still his agent, and he's the agent of also Isaiah Simmons and many of the top safeties in the NFL. Uh, very good at getting the job done for that position group. Uh, and then we've got uh, who was asking about the free agent signings? Jonathan Fine, thanks for joining the program. In the chat, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But I mean, you got that better built off season that Buddha and Jalen Thompson spent together working out at, and for two guys that are not, you know, uh, two guys without sleeves on a on a podcast with flab of the arms. I mean, these guys were in shape, right? Buddha Baker and JT. And to say that they're in the best shape of their career is really saying something. And for them to come in and work under a coach with the skill set like Jonathan Gannon, it, it is scary. I mean, it is scary. Yeah. And it's going to be necessary, right? I mean, their numbers are going to be robust. I mean, as robust as any safeties in the league. Because if unless they get unique production out of some unknown players on the defensive front, those guys are going to be you know, 120-plus tackles, They're going to be all have to be all over the field in order for this defense to just tread water. Uh,
0: So we've got some concern, rightfully so, for the cornerback position in the chat. Free matter for the blind saying, wish we still had Byron Murphy. Dylan in the chat, our guy, cornerback is a problem, in my opinion, this year. I mean, like, I I agree with that to some extent, but I also know, like, you can coach up corners. Um, Jalen Thompson can play a hybrid corner role. I think Marco Wilson has high-end number two cornerback stuff, and Antonio Hamilton was good last year before his incident. So they at least have bodies, and I'm not even counting the the Syracuse third-round pick and Garrett Williams. It really just for me comes down to both points. Just like you either can move people on the line of scrimmage or you can't, or you get moved. And their defensive line group, if I had to critique one thing that Austin Ford and Gannon didn't do this off-season, like go out and sign or trade for a, a, a quality starting, not even a high-profile defensive tackle and maybe they just assess like it's not worth it like the money's not mm-hmm. worth it the guys who are available they're too old they're broken down cardinals have been burned with guys like jordan phillips and and uh of course robert kim they just to me it's 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 the defensive tackle group not the d line because i think their edge rushers have promised it's going to be if they have a two to three man defensive tackle front those three and five techniques like who are those people right can they play 17 games can they not get run over by San Francisco and Seattle's offensive line? I, that that is the biggest question, Mark, not only on the defensive side, but, but I think on the entire roster.
1: Yeah, and no doubt about it. I mean, you look at it, it's just who's gonna step up. You got Rashad Lawrence, like fo2 entering their fourth and final year of their rookie deals. Uh, you got Carlos Watkins who you brought in, Bill Still, Ben Stilley, who you brought in. Uh it, it's just if you're just tuning into this podcast for the first time, or you're a Cardinals casual, you're probably still like, "Who who are those guys?" Right? Exactly. And, you know, they need some. They need people who emerge, and in even and with that, to your point, like Rashard Lawrence, I think he can be a guy, right? He he's shown uh, signs of it. But it's it's just one of those guys that you know, unfortunately, can't get out of the training room. You know, he he had one injury last year, came back from it, and then suffered another injury, and it's just it's a, it's obviously. Uh, a violent and, and tough physical position, as physical as that gets in the NFL. But the Arizona Cardinals need guys that that can stay out on the playing field. And you know, if you look to Jonathan Gannon's defense last year, that was a strength. That was an that was an absolute strength. It it was a rotation. One of the one probably. You'd be hard pressed to find a more impressive rotation, especially when they added Indama Kansu the back end of the season than what they had with Javon Hargrove, Fletcher Cox. They had Jordan Davis, the first round pick out of Georgian, who, who's a mountain of a man. And then you add Indama Kansu. That's absolutely absurd. And then he goes to, you know, the sandwich platter uh, that the Arizona Cardinals are offering. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't think somebody can step up. Absolutely, but uh, it's it's just gonna it's gonna come out of nowhere. Yeah, I want a sandwich.
0: Uh, Fishbowl Flash in the chat. Top 100 pick next draft will be a D tackle or two. I I would agree with that. I think guys like if if a certain Georgia product wasn't an unmitigated disaster off the field, he would have been an Arizona Cardinal. Like I think I think we all feel good about that. Um but there were too many question marks, way too many question marks with the off the field concerns and I mean, you got to the second round and, and the talent wasn't there. The talent was there at edge rusher and corner and receiver. That's why they took advantage. But this was not a great defensive line class. And this was not a great defensive tackle free agency class. And yes, typically those guys who are in their mid-20s don't hit free agency. Like we had been dreaming about maybe Quentin Williams becoming available. Then he gets the bag just a couple of weeks ago. So that's that's a perfect topic point for our draft college football show that will be debuting during the season. It's going to be on Tuesday nights. Check that out. We're going to be doing a deep dive into draft prospects and how they might fit this Redbird mm-hmm. roster. But Dylan in the chat saying Carlos Watkins is sneaky. Good. I They're going to need guys like that to, to, to play above what they've done in the past. And, and to my co-host point, like I like Rashad Lawrence. He just like, can he stay healthy for 17 mm-hmm. games? Can he stay healthy for 13 games? I, I think they would take that for me at the end of the day they're going to be in a difficult spot if if Kyler Murray is not number one back and humming because they're going to be playing from behind in a, in a lot of instances. Yeah. What it seems like to do is they like to go to 11, 12 personnel and right, run right at you. San Francisco wants to do that. We know Pete Carroll and Seattle want to run the football. So Buda Baker, to back to our original point, it is imperative that you have him here to, to make sure people are lined up, to make sure that he can clean up the messes in the secondary, to force extra downs to maybe you can get a turnover but yeah, their their they're run defense is a problem. But if today's group of transactions are any indication, Bo, mm-hmm. maybe they're starting to see, okay, this needs replaced, this needs upgraded, and we're forgetting. They're going to have the third waiver claim throughout the preseason and training camp. So if somebody gets cut, they're going to be first in line, and I'm still very much of the mindset, like, Defensive tackle has to be atop the priority list of watching what other teams do and don't do and maybe snagging somebody.
1: Yeah, I don't think that they're going to be in the business for you know a guy at the in the latter stages of his career. No. I mean, but if they see somebody, and I think they see it like in a Watkins or a Stilly, yeah. uh that came over that was given up by the Browns, like say, hey, this might be something we could work with. This might be somebody that we can jumpstart their career and maybe... You know, given uh, a unique opportunity in a snap load that they haven't seen at this level before can come production that nobody's seen before. Uh, I think Jacob Slade, a guy out of Michigan State that they signed post draft that they seem to have prioritized, that could be somebody that that could emerge. Uh, They certainly are, are trying to flood the position with numbers. Um and, and we'll see if, if anybody if anybody pops. You know, you got Dante Stills, who they took with their final draft pick in the twenty twenty three class out of West Virginia. But is he a little bit undersized? Is he gonna play maybe like a three four defensive end if they get into a three four uh setup? So we'll we'll just kind of see and we're gonna start to find out, you know, how they're gonna going to approach it and what the the you know snap loads are gonna look like early on, you know, starting tomorrow. Well, from one line of scrimmage
0: to the other, are the Arizona Cardinals in the market for a new center? And did they find one? We're going to talk about that. But first, it's BetMGM swing for the fences. Just a reminder, we're going to be at BetMGM Sportsbook every single football Sunday at the Great Lawn pregame, halftime show, postgame. My co-host and I and many more come and hang with us. If you don't want to grab tickets right now, if you want to just come and hang out on the Great Lawn party at the Sportsbook, it's the number one sportsbook. It's MGM. How do you play BetMGM Swing for the Fences? It's easy, friends. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Play the BetMGM free-to-play game from the early portion of the summer. Runs through all September uh, till September 7th. Be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the strike zone that you pick, double, single, triple, home run, or pop out, and receive the prize associated with that type of hit but you got to use it within 24 hours. Listen right now, maybe I don't want to bet against the diamondbacks, but it's, it's not a good look for the D backs right now. Maybe some good mojo on BetMGM MGM will get our D backs turned around. And in the meantime, if you haven't signed up with BetMGM MGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. Now there's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our friends here in Arizona, place your first bet offer and receive up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets. If it loses with BetMGM. MGM, but you got to use that bonus code ph and X to do so. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer.
1: Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 878 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY four six seven three six nine. New York. Call one eight hundred three two seven five zero five zero. Massachusetts. Twenty one plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred NEXT STEP. Arizona. One 4700 Nevada. One eight hundred BETS OFF. Iowa. One eight hundred two seven zero seven one one seven for confidential help. Michigan. One eight hundred nine eight one zero zero two three. Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. Promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. I'm bummed to tell everybody that uh we're not gonna be doing our four peaks broadcast tomorrow. It's uh it's actually canceled, uh, but we're gonna be out of tra- I'm gonna be out of training camp tomorrow. It's kind of just a, a conflict for us to get up to Tempe from Glendale and do the show uh, and do a great show from there. So we're still gonna do, of course, we're live tomorrow at 4 30, just not at four peaks. So don't show up for our last Wednesday broadcast from the PHX crew. I am excited to tell you that the uh Christmas in July event. Four Peaks. It's going down tonight. It's sold out. They're going to be doing tappings uh, mm. of Johnny's one of his favorite beers, pumpkin porter there tonight. You don't want to miss out on that. They've got all this tasty f- ice cold beer that they're that they're tapping tonight at this Christmas in July. If you're like, if you listen to the show, you would have known if you follow them on social, you won't miss out on events like this going forward. Just follow them at Four Peaks Brew and F Four Peaks Pub, and you can find out about all their great events, all their great beer. Uh, by following on your socials. Check them out, of course, 8th Street in Tempe. Their OG location's been there for 25 years. They brew all their beer on location, like their flagship kilt lifter, like the number one wheat beer in Arizona, the Wow Wheat. Go check it out for yourself. Incredible menu, uh, appetizers, entrees, desserts, and all that great beer. Gotta be 21 years or older to drink the beer, but we also ask that you do it responsibly. Absolutely. Is it
0: responsible to start Yelda Froldhold at center? Maybe it's not. So over the course of the off season, Yelda Frodhold was the presumed incumbent starting center, but we all put a big fat caveat on that, Bo Brock, because we had the NFL draft and we said, you know what? It's going to be Luke Whipler. It's going to be the kid out of TCU in the second round. They're going to get a center, and then outside of John Gaines, who's got position versatility, they didn't really draft a center, right? So then Yelda Frodhold, who's you know doing CrossFit in his garage, he's going to be the guy. Comes from Cleveland. He's 26 years old. He's got a familiarity. With Drew Petzing, and then we kind of heard whispers bo behind the scenes that maybe it's not going to be him they had worked out a couple guys in june and then came this news today on the eve of training camp and again this is not good news if you are i'm sorry emma if you are uh yelled that's jeff swan we're going to talk about that in a second so veteran offensive center a former third round pick out of ohio state pat effling or Fline, who is a draft pick out of minnesota who played meaningful snaps for Carolina last year, was signed. He's got a heck of a lot more experience than Yelda does. He's 29 years old. His pass block grade for PFF last year was right around 65. Not terrible, not great, but he is a NFL caliber starting center. Like You can start him and hopefully not embarrass yourself, whereas Yelda, I think the people that were excited was because he was an unknown. He's in his mid-20s, but obviously – Either the team is looking for more depth or they're looking to replace Yelda in the starting lineup. What do you make of it?
1: Yeah, it just seems like that this was, in a weird way, the day they report to training camp, the team landed on who's going to be their starting center. I I just think it's going to trend that direction. Uh, I, I think that the team really likes Yelda Froothold. I think they really like his versatility, kind of a Swiss Army knife, a guy that can play all five positions on the line. And um, I, I think that they're going to tap into it, just like Jonathan Gaines the second. I mean, I think that somebody that they really like his versatility, and early on, they're going to lean on that. And then if he develops into maybe a center of the future, they'll, they'll embrace that. But in the meantime, they need somebody. You Like, all five of the offensive line positions are, are ones you don't F around with. You, like, if you yeah. don't have somebody that has experience at center and you're just going to roll the dice, you're going to look like you did last year, where you're just bringing guys off the street, like a Billy Price. You're bringing... You know, um, got Sean Harlow. It was Cedar Smith got a kind of a, a sniff at it in, on in practice, and and you're you're just w- praying every night to the football gods that Rodney Hudson, who you had to, you know, coax out of retirement, uh, you know, he could he get healthy? He never got healthy, and it was just a position that was in flux. And I think that they're trying to avoid that, and they bring in a guy that has over 2,600 NFL snaps at the position, and it, by far the most on the cardinals roster right now it's a guy who's who's proven like he's not elite right not by any means is he starting caliber i think he's borderline uh but he's going to bring experience at that position that's so important and he's just going to kind of beef up this offensive line and i think it was people pull for yeldofrothold i think you see the guy he's he's a guy animal in the gym he's putting in the work it's not it's not for not a lack of effort but as far as you know being an experienced nfl center He just didn't have it. And I think that the Cardinals absolutely needed that, especially with the franchise quarterback. You're trying to figure out when do we bring him back? Well, you got to have that position locked in if you're going to even, you know, entertain it.
0: Yeah. Let's turn the clocks back six years. Okay. Back to 2017. So Pat Fline was a third round pick, right? Where did he go? Minnesota. What did they do that year? Well, he started 14 games as a rookie. And the Minnesota Vikings were the two seed in the NFC playoffs and went to the NFC title game. Who is the defensive backs coach for that team? Jonathan Gannon. I also believe Drew Petzin was on that Minnesota Vikings staff. So they have a familiarity with with Pat Eflin. And again, this is not an indictment, I think, of Yelda Froldholt at face value. I think anybody who would have said, Yelda Froldholt is your starting center in March, Everybody, like myself, we would have all like looked at you cross eyed. But now, over the course of the last six months, it's like, well, he's the starter because they haven't signed anybody else. So, had Pat been signed around the same time as yelled it, it would have been obvious. Like, this is an open competition that favors Pat, right? Because he's got experience with the staff and he's got actual experience starting games. But I, I think the way that we've got to contextualize this is to Bo's point. They don't screw around with their offensive line. They may everybody else may think this team is tanking, even though Gannon, you know, privately is adamant that they are trying to win as many games as possible. Gannon's not trying to tank anything this year, but they're they're leaving some incumbents from the prior regime to to kind of stuff out. They're not doing that on the offensive line because what from the offensive line last year it's just not good enough. They go four deep now at tackle, and now they're not all pros. But you've got, I would say below average to slightly above average into your offensive lineman at your disposal from Will Hernandez to Eflon to Yelda Froldholt to John Gaines. you got the kid out of Tennessee who I think is going to push to start at at one of the guard spots. So, I mean, I I would sign as many veteran offensive linemen as I could and just let the best five play, assuming you keep Paris Johnson at at right tackle, and then you're going to need them. It's, It's a long season. 17 games is a long time.
1: Yeah, Ben uh, on a bit of a heater. He's strung together back to back good chats uh, here. Depth is always good, absolutely, and of course, uh, the more competition, the better, especially on the offensive line. And I think uh, when you look at Froholt, I mean, he immediately slides down. He's your backup center, so now you have a backup with experience. You don't have to turn to John Gaines, who didn't play center last year for UCLA. He did. He played a couple snaps there at the previous season, so he's over a year removed, it's like, is he just going to immediately find his way at the NFL level? I think that's a bit naive, as, as much as you want to be excited about the most athletic offensive lineman in the 2023 NFL draft class. I mean, to have F-Line, to have Frodeholt, I think that it just, with the depth and the competition, it, it just is good good news for the Arizona Cardinals. It just yeah. is. I feel bad that Frodeholt missed out on the opportunity, even really before it began, but, you know, it's good that Monty Austin Ford is somebody, he's always in the lab. He's always running tests. He's always making tweaks. And he realized, hey, this we, we can't have this be a question mark going into the season as much as we want this guy. But now you've got two guys with experience. I like that you brought up with Petsing, Frodo last year in Cleveland, and then in, in, uh in Minnesota. I mean, that's great. Yeah, and he was on that staff. Petsing was yeah. the offensive uh, quarterback
0: coach or offensive. And everything it was control. quarterbacks,
1: tight ends, wide receivers.
0: Yeah, yeah, he 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 was on that staff. And so he's worked with Froholt and he's worked with Eflin and they're going to let the best man win. And I would lean toward the 29-year-old veteran. They're going to go with their guys. And here's another piece of, of the team leaning toward their own. This is a signing today that's been made official on a couple different outlets. The Cardinals have added a tight end from Tennessee. Monty Austin Ford going back to his old stomping grounds. He gets veteran tight end. Let me pull it up here. George Swan. I think I've got his for name him. correct. This is from Jeremy Fowler. He's an eight-year vet, consistent starter with Tennessee the last few years. Yeah, now he, is is the sexiest name. He was once upon a time a day three draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Somebody who caught a touchdown last year. But the biggest thing is I think this just kind of shows Zachary. He's not ready yet. That's, that's what I took from this. Trey mm-hmm. McBride is the unquestioned number one tight end, the number one option in the passing game. And then now you've got another starter that I think you could keep keep around if eventually Zach Ertz comes back. When he comes back, I should say, yeah. but like you need a you need a starting caliber tight end because they're running two tight ends. They're running eleven and twelve personnel with Trey McBride and now George Schwan while Zach Ertz continues his recovery from a torn ACL. Man,
1: I mean, what a different what a different look, right? Yeah, quarterback under center. You're gonna have uh, you know, two two pro caliber centers on the, on the roster this year, at least. And uh, you're going to have, you know, this different offensive look where you could have two tight end sets. Let, let's have a tough conversation. Okay. I love those. Cause you mentioned it. It's tough conversation Tuesday here as long as, as well as tank Tuesdays with uh, Cardinals, Ken Johnny venerable and his pink tank. Uh, what with if Zach Ertz doesn't start the season with the active 53 do you, when he comes back, is he your tight end one? No. Trey McBride
0: is my tight end one. Um, I, I, I loved Zach Ertz. I was beating that drum six months before. I had it sourced that the Cardinals had talked to the Eagles. And then two days before they traded for him, I was like, they're going to trade for Zach Ertz. And they did. And it was great. And it should have been the crescendo, the chef's kiss on a division title and a championship season. And it all went up in flames. And then Steve Keim paid a 30-year-old tight end. I love Zach Ertz, and I know JG loves Zach Ertz. They're, get, they're boys from Philadelphia. Trey McBride is the number one tight end on this team. Trey McBride is in his early 20s. Zach Ertz, call it what you will, had not trouble separating last year, but he was older, and now he's coming off a torn ACL. I, I For me, it's like what Zach Ertz is going to bring is immense leadership and unquestioned character that this locker room desperately needs. And then if he can offer some benefits, maybe in the red zone, he's a tremendous red zone target, but from 20 yard line to 20 yard line, give me the young thoroughbred out of Colorado state. That's poised, poised for 60 plus targets. You drafted him, albeit with a different regime. I guarantee Austin Ford and Gannon liked like this young man, Trey McBride out of Colorado state. How could you not He was the number one tight end by most everybody in that class set him loose. You're gonna play young players anyway. I love Zach Ertz. If he's healthy, of course, he's he's in the mix, but Trey McBride's
1: tight end number one in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, you, you just watched film from last year this Cleveland Browns offense, and it's like you got David Joku, and then you got Hunter Bryant. And you had a, a two tight end set that, you know, I don't think opposing defenses really key in consistently yeah. on on where the ball was gonna go. And and that's that's gonna be exciting. I mean, I I think it's When you if you bog yourself down with like who's who's tight end one who gets to announce themselves on the on the opening graphic you know and get to say where they went to school sure then give it to Zach Ertz give him that respect but I mean the the snaps are going to probably be equal if not you know going to the side and trending to the side of the second round pick at Colorado State in in Trey McBride and and that's that's the way it should be you know ease Ertz back in. Uh, and and let him you know hopefully end his career and in his Cardinals career uh, on a healthy note and and make some plays for this offense. Yeah, I'm anxious
0: to see the leap Trey McBride makes. He's my fantasy breakout player for this team. I think he can be a top twelve tight end in the NFL because I think his receiving skills are are that elite. I don't think the Cardinals have have a, and this isn't asking much a homegrown tight end like this in what thirty plus years. I mean, Troy Nicholas was a bust. Rob Hausler was a bust. I mean, the bar is really low, and that's why everybody was so bullish when Zach Ertz got to town. But this is somebody that, I mean, he looked a little, I don't want to say slight, but I'm sure he put on weight this offseason. I'm sure the strength and conditioning program, he's going to be probably about 10 to 15 pounds heavier with muscle because he was already so elite in the open field at Colorado State. I just, I'm excited to see him put it all together and get opportunities because he was open last year when Kyler was in the lineup and Cliff was calling plays and it was shotgun BS left and right. And to somebody's point in the chat, like once they got conservative with David Blau, like McBride was a featured part of the offense. And I think the offense is going to be semi-conservative until Kyler Murray comes back. Even when he comes back, they're going to run a lot of 11 personnel. So play action down the seam, red zone targets. I'll, I'll go on the record right now. I think I think Trey McBride has a chance to lead the team in receiving the first month of the season. I think he's going to be that big Over of a factor because of the, because of the emphasis they're going to put on tight end. And the fact Hollywood's Brown's got to go against number one corners. That's going to be difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, that. <laughs> I don't know if that, if that's going to happen, but I mean, Amari Cooper no, still just, was, just was the top was the top receiver still. And, and, I mean, and it, it's it. also, they're going to spread the ball around. And I think that it's, if you're this if you're the top tight end, it doesn't mean that, the, the ball is just going to be fed to you and you got another tight end on the field that that's going to be a, a weapon as well. Uh, you know, Swaim in the chat saying, you know, people saying he he's maybe a more of a primarily a blocking tight end. You know, I looked at his, his PFF grades. It doesn't, it doesn't re- necessarily reflect that, but also those aren't the gospel either. Uh, but you know, I, th- I think he's just, he's your third tight end and that's fine. And, and there's experience there. Monty obviously liked what he saw from his time in Tennessee and, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, Dylan's saying about Blake Whiteheart. Yeah, he he got a huge signing bonus for an undrafted free agent. I think that's somebody that they like as well. Uh, certainly going to get every opportunity to crack this roster. Uh, I
0: like this from Jalen Blair. I think the new system is going to benefit McBride uh, more with the delayed releases and over routes. It's it's a tight end made offense. Uh, I watched David Njoku drop a lot of passes, but they kept targeting them with Jacoby Brissett last year. Um, I, I I think he I think he's poised and I. I, we've got some people asking, like, what do you do with Zach Ertz? You know, it's difficult because I think we can lodge Zach Ertz and say he's been a great addition to the locker room, and also say, like, this is his last year with the team. Like, barring something unforeseen, like, they're paying him a premium, unless he were to take like a Kelvin Beecham type role, like, beyond this year and take less money and want to stay here, which I could see happen. But, like, they're he's making eight figures this year. James Conner is making eight figures this year. Like, I don't expect neither would be on the roster next year at those figures again it would have to be significant pay cuts so does somebody want to come and trade for for Zach Ertz by the trade deadline maybe but you'd have to be convinced if you're that team that he's healthy and and ready to go um and it would probably it be wants simple, to go yeah and it would it would be it would be a championship run for the, whomever that trades for him the Cardinals are significantly out of it at that time so all of that to say like I love Zach Ertz he's not a part of their imminent future like the next three to five years Trey McBride is a budding in my opinion budding tight end star in this league I think he's got Mm -hmm. that kind of ceiling and so he's in a second year you have to play him that was the biggest indictment of the time era the failure to develop draft picks and part of that was the lack of playing time the team did not know what they had with Byron Murphy and Christian Kirk and Zach Allen because they were played out of position and they didn't play enough early on like if this year is going to be about what Zayvon Collins do best, what's Isaiah Simmons do best, let's feed Trey McBride fifty plus targets. So we have an idea, so we don't have to target a tight end. Your boy from what Georgia next year in the top ten of the draft. I don't want to You love Brock him. Bowers.
1: Brock yeah. Bowers. Paul. I always don't don't his, his name. Brock. Uh, yeah, I mean. That would be, that would be elite. That would be an elite tight end. That for, would not be elite. For, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> and I don't want to write off that Zach Ertz just yet. And I, I think it's going to, there's going to be a lot that goes into, you no. know, would, would he be okay? Get dealt. I mean, it was either Philly or here. Those were what his options were uh, a couple of years ago when he, when the Eagles were looking to deal him and he didn't, he doesn't want to just go anywhere and chase a ring. He's got a ring. Uh, his wife's family's from here. He had his first kid. I think you know when he's when he's you know he's looking at all the options here. I, I don't think it's just going to be as simple as hey Zach we've got a we've got you know the bills on the line and they want to send us a fifth round pick. I think even Monty is like you know I got I already have a lot of picks. I got 11 picks for the upcoming draft. You know what's a fifth round pick going to get me? I'm going to respect you know what you've already done for this organization uh, in his in his third season and I think that's fine and I and I, and I think that he also has decent football left in him. And is determined to get back and show that it, he has that. So between um, he
0: and James Conner, I th- I think there's a better chance he's back next year at a reduced rate. Yeah. I, I, I very think possible. So. if they if they run as much too tight end as we anticipate.
1: Yeah. And and you know, the points Jalen Blair's point about how this offense is geared towards McBride and success for the second year player. Absolutely. I mean, you look at his tight his touchdown from last season against the Falcons, and it was just one just little kind of misdirection and he does he's got the speed at his his position to where it's lethal like they nobody could could recover from that and it was a td an easy td for mcbride and you know if if you're setting up where uh opposing defense thinks he's blocking and then then he kind of releases and he's, he's wide open i mean that's enough to make a big play and that's why petzing uh in, in at least cleveland they had the top five you know as far as open receivers, they had top five open receivers in the entire league, and that's huge. Yeah, I mean, look at Trey McBride had
0: roughly 260 yards last year. That's almost identical to what another uh, second-round tight end did once upon a time. Cole Komet had four, or excuse me, two forty-three as a rookie. So uh, Trey McBride actually had more yards as a rookie than Cole Komet. Then Komet had a Komet big second year. Week one. Yeah. I mean, that was a joke. Let's not get into that. But then commit the next year, 612 yards. uh, And then the following year, of course, 544 yards, but seven touchdowns like that. That's what you drafted this kid to be is like five, 600 yards, handful of touchdowns. I I easily think that Trey McBride can do that. I I think if you if you said that, okay, he, he had 260 yards last year and it was in a blink of an eye and it was in some garbage time games last year meaningful football, feeding him the ball, letting him get into a rhythm, which I think is imperative. They would always just throw him one pass in like the third quarter, and that would be it. Make him a focal point of this offense. I, If you can bet on it at any point with BetMGM, he's going to sleepwalk his way to 500-plus yards. I, I think there's a very good chance he is the second or third leading receiver for this team.
1: Be big. I mean, if he gets the looks, but you know, there's gonna be another yeah. tight end mostly on the field, and there's gonna be Hollywood, and then probably you know, we'll see how many mouths you know the quarterback can feed from Michael Wilson to Rondell Moore to Greg Dortch. I mean, there's there's a lot of playmakers on this team. that yeah. get slept on. I I recommend you check out Howard Balzer's article today on the offense at gophnx.com. dot com. Um, but we're gonna find out what it's gonna to start to look like for real tomorrow. Can't wait. Uh, Also can't wait to check out the new pink lemonade that is on the shelves of our friends over at OG's. OG's, of course, your local Arizona cannabis kitchen, pink lemonade gummies are here. They're limited edition. They're fresh. They're tangy. They've got the hint of red berry and plenty of sugar. It of course has the nostalgia of that ice cold pink lemonade that, your grandma used to make, you, you used to drink it on the front porch, right? All that nostalgia right there. Is that laying it on too thick? Well, it's a gummy edition. You can check it out from OGs. Check out all their incredible products. OGsBrands.com. That's OGsBrands.com, that refreshing twist on that classic summer beverage, that pink lemonade. Also, you can get in on their Aquaberry-flavored sleep time gummy. It's going to help put you to sleep and keep you asleep. And then they got the mixed bags. Figure out if you're a fruit or a cream person. Check it out for yourself. Check out all their products. OGs.com. Check them out on your socials as well at OG's Brands. And then, of course, you got to be 21 years or older to indulge. Open training camp practices are eminent. If
0: you're driving out to Glendale, do yourself a favor. Stop off at Circle K. You don't want to be stuck without gas looking for any Joe Schmo convenience store. You want to go to Circle Gay, where premium gas is not a premium. Uh, at a premium price plus you need to hydrate right you want to bring some snacks in the car you want to be ready to go you want to get caffeinated before you watch the redbirds in 2023 do yourself a favor get the sms subscriber club which is going to offer you a buy one get one free 32 ounce polar pop of your choosing all you got to do text phnx to 31310 again to join the sms subscriber club if you can't find the circle k we're going to help you head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find the nearest Circle K to you. I went out, uh, as did Bo. We made some road trips over the the past couple of weeks to San Diego, to, to Tucson, to different parts of the state, to the coast, and I'm going to tell you right now like i don't feel comfortable stopping anywhere but with my friends at circle k i know i'm going to get the best gas prices the best snack selection so i'm not stuck in the middle of nowhere where it's 120 degrees if you want to make sure you're you're in a good space to buy some premium gas at not a premium price get on the store locator find a circle k nearest to you i love the optimism by the way in the chat today i'm seeing a lot of nine wins from victor seven wins from uh our guy jose earlier in the chat it's like I think there is some momentum now with the combination of how bad the NFC potentially could be, and then when Kyler Murray could potentially return, and that's mm-hmm. the, qu- the question I want to pose to you, Bo, because we've been speculating: Is Kyler Murray going on PUP? Will he start camp on PUP? Well, I don't know if we got any more insight today, but we found out a couple other players around the league, Von Miller, including, is starting camp on PUP. He tore his ACL a couple weeks before Kyler Murray, so. Have you heard anything pertaining to K-1 and his availability for, let's just call it the next couple weeks of training camp?
1: Yeah, I was actually texting with our uh, beat reporter, Howard Balzer, and they don't have to really reveal or unveil who's going to be on the PUP or the IR start camp uh, until 1 o'clock Arizona time tomorrow. So the Arizona Cardinals can drag their feet on this, uh, do their due diligence due diligence and and figure out you know what direction they want to go with with some of their players including you know Ertz, who we just talked about along with with kyler murray and what are they going to do with their third round rookie garrett williams you know are those guys going to be able to start camp coming off of acl injuries um we we really have no idea right johnny i mean this was something that the team was going to evaluate starting this week uh and it's really just going to be they're going to have to make a quick decision on whether they want, you know, Kyler to start on PUP or if it's something that they're they're going to maybe just roll the dice on. We were trying to figure out, you know, what the advantages of of starting on PUP. It just seems like teams are erring uh with with caution in the case of Von Miller, but he's almost 10 years older than than Kyler Murray, but at the same time he doesn't play a premium, you know, as a premium position as the Cardinals franchise quarterback either.
0: I was trying to look up Joe Burrow um, potentially won't be placed on the PUP entering training camp
1: when he tore his ACL. So he was, you think he was that's- adamant though. Like I feel like he was in the news regularly that entire off season really saying like, I'll be back uh, for, for I training mean, camp. I mean, Joe Burrow is an extrovert. I mean, is, as
0: much of an introvert as K1 is, I think he's kind of been making that clear and we've heard behind the scenes he's made that clear. Yeah. Like he he has told, Cardinal officials and 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 he's mentioned it to, to Jonathan Gaines. He's like, I want to play. I don't, I don't want to be on any list. I, right. I want to be available for my teammates. And but I also don't, he's not going to ignore the advice of of his doctors and the trainers. So if they look at his knee this week and they say, you know what, you would really benefit from time on the PUP when you can focus on this. Let's have a plan. They're putting their plan together right now this week. Like for, for those of you who don't know, like their plan didn't start six weeks ago or six months ago, it was always just, let's see how you, you do entering camp with yeah. your rehab. And if you're ahead of schedule, great. And if not, we'll plan accordingly. The plan is being placed in place this week for how, how they're going to tackle training camp with Kyler Murray. And the biggest thing is like Von Miller, I don't even think needs to to practice right now. Von Miller yeah. with, as you mentioned, all the experience, the wear and tear on his body. It's just like, Hey, show up week one and rush the pass. Whereas Kyler Murray, I mean, you're playing for a team that, that needs you out there as their signal caller. And then also you're learning a new offense. And you've taken a ton of mental reps this offseason. I know people keep pushing mental reps, like he watched them throw the football, run the football in in mini camp and OTAs. He's been in every film session, every film study group. It's like he needs to take reps with the first team offense if he's gonna play early in the season. And so I don't know. I I if I had to make a prediction right now, it's like I don't think he's gonna start the year on PUP, but I man, I if he's not on PUP tomorrow or IR. If, he's, if, if they put him on PUP tomorrow, I think that it's going to take a little air out of the fan base, rightfully so, but that doesn't mean he, he still can't return quickly. If they don't put him on PUP tomorrow, it's going to be the biggest story, I think, in the
1: NFL. Do you agree yeah. with that? I, yeah, I completely agree with that. Absolutely. Because then speculation is going to be rampant, and it's right. going to be every day. We're going to be asking about Kyler sure. Murray anytime we get... Not just Jonathan Gannon. Anybody that's wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform or polo, or w- what do you know about Kyler Murray? When's he coming back? Because people are going to want to know. And when you look at the non uh, the the non media attended media day today that they that they. <laughs> I'm sorry. On- what, I'm okay. sorry. What was that? <laughs> it was, what, what, the,
0: what did the Cardinals do a media, media
1: day. day apparently, uh, oh, okay. I didn't get an invite either. To Johnny Venerable, but you know it's. It's pictures of it, it's video of him and Hollywood Brown and palling around. It's it's him in his Cardinals uniform. And, and you if you continue to follow the tea leaves, you know, dating back to the flight plan episode that aired where you know he's saying his goal is week one. I mean, the team certainly prepared, you know, they use the stuff that they gather at their media day, like for their in-game, you know, content and their social content. And, and it's like it's that they're preparing for Kyler Murray. To, to be in some games. They're not just going to put video of Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown up on the jumbotron or on their team, social media. Hey, can account. we get Jeff Driscoll out here with Hollywood <laughs> right. Brown? Well, Jeff,
0: come over here. Jeff's Colt like, McCoy is hitting
1: Hollywood Brown on a deep pass. And there's a video of, of him and Kyler Murray as best friends. I, I think that, you know, if he's going to miss time, it's not going to be a significant amount of time. Uh, if any.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, when we're fast forward to bet MGM week one, and we're watching them play the commanders at the gorgeous sportsbook, come and join us. It's an away game. Come hang out. Like, do I think right now he's going to play week one? No. But like, do I think he's going to be actively pursuing a return at that time in terms of like practice reps? I do. I I still think there's a possibility for week two through week six Cincinnati at home or beginning with the giants at home. I, I think week week two against the giants to me, like in front of your home crowd against the team. Like, I don't give a shit about the Giants pass rush. That team doesn't scare me. Like, commanders in that environment with that pass rush, maybe you just you kind of wait it out, and then obviously, you know, then you go on the road for some tough games and come back against Cincinnati. I feel like week one to two is in the same time frame, and if you push it further than that, you might as well wait until maybe week six at at home and have him miss five games. You're still getting 12 out of the 17 games. Maybe Colt McCoy can surprise you, but, I mean, I know there are going to be people. There are people on Twitter that are actively rooting like against Kyler Murray, which is unfortunate. Like put him on pup. What's the point? Caleb Williams and I can I can understand that. Like you, you can you can not like Kyler Murray and want a different quarterback. Nobody says that you can't do that. But I just it feels like to me like if if you're looking at Kyler Murray and what he's accomplished this off season, it you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's worked harder to return for for the fan base and for his teammates. And I I would as a Kyler Murray fan and supporter. I
1: want to see that come to fruition for, for Kyler. Yeah. You posted it on your Twitter account last night. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a thirst trap or what was it? It was a heater from Kyler Murray. He was in the lab, uh, working out late last night, you know, and, uh, showing off abs that I could only, I couldn't, I can't even dream of abs that, (laughs) I mean, it was unbelievable. He he looked like he was chiseled out of stone. Um, but he's putting in the work. Uh, and you know, he's going to push, he's going to push the Arizona Cardinals and J- Jonathan Gannon totals that. And he's, and he's maintained that, that it sometimes they have to kind of rein in their franchise quarterback, but it's good. It's the competitiveness that he has. Victor saying if they make the playoffs, he's getting a K one and JG tattoo on his thigh. We're going oh to hold you to that. I love that energy, Victor. <laughs> Is it the, the initial embrace, like where they, where they bro hugged on when Jonathan Gannon, the report came out that he was hired. Man, I just I would love to stick it to
0: all these lists this offseason and all the detriment. And listen, I'm not Mr. Pom Pom fanboy up here like the Cardinals earned a big shit sandwich for how they've conducted themselves the last 18 months. They have been an egregious franchise on and off the field. I am actively rooting for Monty Austin for Jonathan Gannon, Kyler Murray, the Buda Bakers of the world to succeed, right? You can have a a gripe to pick with how the Cardinals operate off the field, but like they they have a ton of root, rootable players that that need and and I think deserve our, our support. And I'm, I'm excited to see that come to fruition because they are going to try to win games. They are not purposely tanking this fall. Now we've talked about roster self-sabotage. Maybe it's a little lean by October and November that remains to be seen, but man, I, I just, Jonathan Gannon took a lot of shit from the Philadelphia media. I would, I would love to see Jonathan Gannon make a bunch of people eat it this fall.
1: Absolutely. I mean, did you see uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's comments a, a, about yeah. Philly fans basically saying they're insufferable? Uh, and I mean, and Jonathan Gannon, who had success there and, and the fan base couldn't acknowledge any of it. They won't. They just won't. Uh, so it'd be nice to for him to have some success, continue to have success at the NFL level and at the next level as a head coach. Um, it, it would be huge. And, and he knows that he needs a quarterback in order to do so. We mentioned Joe Burrow. He hasn't signed a a mega million dollar extension just yet. Still on his rookie deal. uh, No doubt they picked up his fifth year option and they're going to work something out. But here's a a big contract was signed today by Justin Herbert. He signs a five year, two hundred sixty two and a half million dollar contract. And Justin Herbert now he goes all the way to the top as far as your annual average value making $52.5 million once this extension kicks in. Lamar Jackson signed an extension this year, $52 million per season. Jalen Hurts at 51. Aaron Rodgers at 50.2 million. And Russell Wilson, bar 49 million, (laughs) went all the way down here at six. Outside of the top five now, Johnny, only to sink further down once Burrow signs that inevitable extension. Kyler Murray making $46.1 million per season. Uh, give me Kyler Murray over Aaron Rodgers at this
0: point in his career, obviously. Give me him over Russell Wilson because he is old and decrepit and looked washed <laughs> last year. I mean, Jalen, I love Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts now lo- loses his OC and his DC. I mean, and they that that got the target on their back now, but Herbert's earned it, Lamar Jackson's earned it. And I I was of the mindset Kyler Murray earned it at the time. So it was always the mindset of this this deal is gonna age well when he signed it too. Like The Cardinals had to combat the Deshaun Watson deal that off season that threw a wrench in it. It's it's the the contract's going to age fine. If Kyler Murray comes back and is healthy and they win football games, it's going to be a moot point. People it's number one. It's not my money. And number two, they have $80 million next off season. They're going to be able to sign other players. They're going to be a draft and develop organization. I mean, you want to sign and extend your own players because that means they're succeeding for you. And, for a franchise that has trotted out Kevin Cobb and Ryan Lindley and John Skelton and Derek Anderson, like come on guys, let's 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 have some a little bit of clarity here. I, I can get excited for Caleb Williams if that's yeah. the direction the, the franchise wants to go. If they lose a bunch of games, but Kyler Murray's healthy and they win games, I mean
1: you're not going to find this podcast complaining one bit. Yeah, uh, Eddie's asking after Burrow, who's next? Probably Tua. I think that that's probably you think so. I think right. I mean they picked up his fifth. But it's probably know. it's not going to be like it's extension season. I mean, Kyler signed his a year and some change ago last year. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick, like all they this is all kind of ballpark. But yeah, I don't think it's coming like this before the start of the season. No way. Who I mean, would get? Success. I think maybe they take the Kirk Cousins approach, like franchise year to year, maybe. Yeah, possibly. And then with the injury concern, was it the next draft? The twenty twenty one draft was the one where nobody was
0: really- yeah. We're gonna have Trey Lance is due for an extension here soon, off uh, his MVP Mac season. We Jones. gotta get we gotta get Trey Lance a new contract. Uh, Justin Fields, yep, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jalen Blair, Trevor Lawrence is next. I would, uh, be, I would like probably this time next year, big Trev. Um, but I don't know. It's that that class, man. What a, then? It's the, the next class, class where it's just like.
1: Kenny Pickett, pick do you yeah. see that
0: that little clip the team put? They're like Kenny's arms way stronger this year, guys. Don't don't worry about old Kenny's arm. <laughs> I'm sure Kenny's arm's gonna look good in September, and then you fast forward to November, and he, he's got a
1: little baby hands, can't hold a lot of football. But I, I I also saw. I mean, speaking of like gassing up your players, I saw that you know Russell Wilson, he's got like he's reinvigorated under Sean Payton. Oh he's sure, like, oh, signing a huge extension after wor- forcing your way out of Seattle like that, and playing under. Nathaniel Hackett, that didn't get you going, but Sean Payton Sean Payton's gonna get you to where you need to go. Like it it wasn't it was all Hackett's fault that you were a complete unmitigated disaster last that, year. That that conference and that division in particular,
0: I mean, I, I, I think Kansas City's gonna take a step back this year because I think they were arrogant with the receiving core, but they're still Kansas City. And then Herbert's Herbert, like we we both think the the Vegas Raiders are gonna be terrible, but I mean like I think the Broncos have a ceiling of about nine wins, and I, I think they've got a floor of about four or five wins again. I, I do. I, I think that roster is is trying to – they're trying to band-aid and, and, and piece together a bad roster like Kime did so many times because they know they have a window with Russell Wilson. Say what you want about Kyler Murray. It's like the Cardinals have a long window with K1 if he's healthy and that's why they can go this this rebuild on the fly route. They can't do that with Russell Wilson. He's got like two years left,
1: or he's yeah. or he's toast. He's if, done. they got to try to win that, now. Yeah. What if, he, what if he can't play? I mean, I, Peyton was able to to overcome uh, a wash Drew breeze, and a wash Drew breeze is significantly better yeah. than Russell Wilson. I it's mean, mean it's not, the accuracy is not even close. Yeah. So, I, just, I like this Vortex Vision man is saying week one, commanders fall to the Cardinals 24-17. Already got a score prediction here on July 25th.
0: I already have a bet. Bet MGM plus 200 Cardinals,
1: baby. Do it. Money <laughs> line right now. You're all over the money line. Ron
0: right? Rivera and Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Like, and they're a six point favorite. Come on, guys. What do we You doing don't think here?
1: they're going to ride the new ownership bump? No, I think they'll blow it like they always do. It's the command.
0: Like, I like some of the commanders' players, but this narrative that they're a six point favorite. I know they're at home, so they get three points, but. It's the Commanders, bro. It's right. Daniel Jones in week two. Let's. I. I will be shocked even if this team wins two games this year if they don't split their first two games. <laughs> they're they're going to win one of their first two. Book it right now.
1: The bet MGM Sportsbook. Do app, it. Yeah. I mean that that bu- that future right there is so bright. You got to wear some Shady Rays just That's right, to, just to look at it because it's so damn bright. Shady Rays, of course, has the best deal of the season. You need to take advantage of it. And you can do it by using our promo code PHNX. It's going to get you 50% off two or more pairs of polarized, premium polarized sunglasses. Check for yourself with 250,000 people rating five stars right now online. Shady Rays. Check them out. ShadyRays.com. You can also check them out in person. The store up there at Kierlin Commons. Just North Scottsdale. Shady Rays. Shady Rays, of course, five-star rated premium polarized sunglasses. They got something for everyone. I got one for my entire family, a pair of sunglasses, myself, my wife, my kid. Uh, You can find, uh, of course, a pair of shades or six for yourself. Check them out. ShadyRays.com. And don't forget to use that promo code PHNX when you purchase. Speaking of sweet, sweet deals, check out the PHNX Merchandise Locker with
0: deals on gear up to 50% off happening right now. I bought nine, count it, nine shirts this morning for me and my loved ones at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Spend over 50 bucks, you get shipping for free. And if you're just thinking, Johnny, I want a shirt for free, I can help you with that. Become a diehard at gophnx.com. No better time to become a diehard is training camp on the horizon. Get exclusive access to jet depth charts Insight videos from the man to my right on the Cardinal Discord. We're going to be hanging out there, talking ball when we're not on air. Plus, of course, you get discounts up to 20% for all PHNX-related events. We've got events coming up. Hopefully, some will be Cardinal-related that we can tell you about soon. But again, check it out, PHNX Merchandise Locker, gophnx.com. As as Bo mentioned, Howard Balls are dropping articles on the reg like his one today on the Cardinals Offense. No better place to get geared up for football season than with PHNX.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh Howard just churning it out this week oh, and man, it's only going to get more and more content as a uh, training camp rages the next couple days. Can't wait and you can get you can get immediate access once you sign up and become a diehard to our our Discord and get all that content uh right there at your fingertips. Come tomorrow when I'm out there at practice and you'll see it of course on our socials at phnx underscore cardinals on instagram and threads and twitter and at johnny venerable and at bo brock but you, of course you want all the access become a diehard today uh yeah i didn't go i didn't get nine shirts but our our bird gang till our till i die shirt is on sale you got to go cop that immediately it's uh, it's our only white shirt that we have right now and it's got the red and the white i love it it's great it's gonna be one i'm gonna be wearing at the uh, tailgates for the entire season uh two very different questions
0: in the chat Eddie why the f do you both look so sweaty I didn't I mean I, I am sweaty do I look that sweaty uh, it's tank season it's 120 degrees outside uh, Jalen Blair in the chat saying time I don't is practice have a
1: single drop of condensation on me at all I mean I I'm dry as a bone right now Yeah good air conditioning there uh, what time <laughs> is practice tomorrow Bull Brock uh, State Farm opens up at 10.30 tomorrow. It's not open to the public. Thursday is the first open to the public practice. And I think the players are going to hit the field around 12.15 or 12.30. Um, so as we close the show, let's do our official predictions. Does the team
0: place Kyler Murray on the PUP list tomorrow, Bo Brock, yes or no?
1: Oh, man. I think I think he probably lands on the PUP. I'm gonna say no. He doesn't land <laughs> on the pup. Right. Kyler
0: Murray is off the pup and in your hearts, taking snaps tomorrow, running around. It's the biggest storyline. This team needs good vibes. Yes, off the pup,
1: ready to rock and roll. Give it to me. I'm look. I'm rooting for that. Uh, I'm just. I'm playing a Johnny conservative over here. I'm conservative, Ken. You are. Here. You, you love your, doing Card- that. your your Cardinals, Ken.
0: Go deposit money in your 401k. I'm out here at the slot machine. I'm here on the blackjack table living the life. Eddie says yes. Jalen says yes. Uh, Kay Gordon says no. Agent 47 says no, but he will not play week one. Jose saying no. uh, And Robert saying uh, that uh, you or I look shiny. So
1: we'll take it. We're tan. Got a lot of sun. We've been out
0: in the sun and now we're going to be out at BetMGM, at Training Camp. With all of you, Bo Brock, at Bo Brock. I'm at Johnny Venerable. Like and subscribe. Hey, guess what? We got six shows for you this week because we love you. Like this video. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. We are anxiously awaiting to eclipse 15,000 subscribers. You can help get us there. Share this video around your definitive Cardinal coverage starts and ends with the PHNX Cardinal podcast. For Bo, I'm Johnny. We'll see you tomorrow.